Whole sports are plays. Whole sports are plays. Whole sports are plays. We're making a place. We're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they're working your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast, y'all. I am sorry for the long break. It has been a long 12 or 13 days, but we are back. The Phoenix Suns are right back where they need to be against Luka Donkey and the Dallas. It doesn't even really matter who they are. The team down south, up 3-2. Monty just won coach of the year. We've got game six tomorrow. We have a 50-point blowout going on in the NBA playoffs. And looks like Giannis just kind of did Giannis things and Drew Holiday made Drew Holiday type of defensive plays. We know what that's like, don't we? So we have a lot to discuss. We have a lot to get into. Believe it or not, the Arizona Diamondbacks are actually something this year. I have actually a little something to say about them, too. And it's not just the crickets that we've been hearing, I don't know, the past six months from us. Nope. Nope. They've been playing their ass off. We have one of the top pitching trios in Arizona Diamondbacks history. Trios, not duos. We all know about duos. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, uh, Brandon Webb, and, and Dan Heron and those dudes. But we have probably the best trio in baseball, Arizona baseball history. I don't know. Go check my stats on that. Anyways, but nothing else matters more than Devin Booker versus Luka Doncic tomorrow. I'm sorry I haven't been here. I'm happy to be back. We need to talk about these boys. He's on fire podcast, man. Let's just let the intro intro roll. Roll with the vibe, baby. He's on fire podcast. Let's go. No fucking hang, running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's taking that contain. Me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back in and it's no no fucking They tried to put nicks in my armor, but I've been mellow since college. Made this vixen a mama, and I'm still blazing trails out here amidst all the drama. I keep going out of love, not conditions of commas. Honestly, after I attended the game in Dallas, I was not feeling good about it. I mean, maybe it had the fact that. I was heckled by everybody and their mom coming out of the stadium, but I did not feel good about it. But I want to hear from the homies first. Uh, we got Jay Joyce in the building, and then we also got Suns fan Randy in the building as well, too. Uh, we've kind of been texting back and forth a little bit between the fellas and I. I kind of know where Randy stands when it comes to to Monty. So let's start it off with Jay. <laughs> Coach of the year, Monty Williams. I don't think anybody here will disagree with the fact that for the season, he absolutely deserved it. But one of the reasons we weren't feeling too good about this last game five is because of Monty Williams and the lack of adjustments. Jay Joyce, talk about Monty, what it means this season and what you saw just from a, a basketball perspective in this last one. Cause you were on the sun's uh, jam session spaces at halftime. Yeah, You called it. 
And they shouted you out in the post game as well, too, for almost calling it. So I want to hear from oh, you. Uh, How are you? What's going on? Talk about money. Yada, 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 yada. Man, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been about 14 days. A lot has happened between uh, our last show and to now. But we've been doing the Twitter spaces. We've been trying to, you know, keep up with everything. What's up, Specs? What's up, Iverson? But uh, with uh, what's up, JV? With, uh, with uh, Monty Wing, Coach of the Year. I mean, like besides him and Taylor Jenkins, like uh, it wasn't necessarily close. Uh, Monty and the Suns have just bulldozed the league and uh, and have like an eight game difference. Uh, by the end of the season, you know, it was kind of like a no question, a no dirt that uh, uh, that uh, Monty wins coach of the year, you know, best team and probably uh, in the most uh, competitive, uh, you know, uh, conference and stuff. So, yeah, shout out Monty he definitely deserves it. But uh, games three and four uh, was exactly what our concerns were uh, going into, you know, just any series in general, you know, like uh randy you know he criticizes the x's and o's i think Monty <laughs> is a really good x and o's guy because there's a reason why we won 64 games but it's the in-game adjustments that i think all of us have a problem with and we uh really making a point to talk about it and criticize Monty in those times because that's the biggest gripe with him is those in-game adjustments and he he's kind of hard to talk off of uh talk off a ledge uh, when it comes to making adjustments too, he, like I like I swear to God, I feel like like the Suns coaching staff goes on Suns Twitter and sees what everybody's saying uh, because I mean we basically called it besides Landry Shaman running point guard, which actually worked. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, Monty made those adjustments that we needed to see in Game Five, and you like Game Five was literally an average Phoenix Suns game that we've been seeing all year. It was kind of like. No surprise, but it was a big relief. Uh, I was watched with, uh, with Euphoria seeing, you know, that final buzzer and uh, winning by 30, especially with Torrey Craig uh, popping two threes at the end. Aaron Holiday, uh, you know, did more in a minute than campaign. Then uh, <laughs> for some reason, Marquise Chris wants to beef with every Congo player to come into the league so Man. shout out busy he had a great game too but uh yes yeah, so in-game adjustments for monty uh like that we have a, the biggest gripe with because he just rolls out the game plan but i think it's by design uh he doesn't want to show all of his cards within the series and stuff and uh what we saw in game five you know he's been listening and he's a lot smarter than uh than we can uh, uh you know think so there's a reason why he has that job and why he gets paid the big bucks Randy. All right. Are you ready? Let's, I, I, I want to hear. First off, I want to hear about why you are lean towards the negative sometimes with Monty, but also expand a little bit on, you know, him winning coach of the year and the adjustments he made. Yeah. I mean, uh, before I, I start that, um, I do want to say something that Jay said, like Marquise Chris. <laughs> When he did, was, did you, get, did you get a did you get a Biombo haircut? <laughs> <laughs> the busy <When> Marquise, buzz. <laughs> when when Marquise Chris, like one thing is that I liked about him is that he was always ready to whoop some ass. Like even though like when, whenever he was on our squad, like he didn't do much, but he was always ready to whoop some ass. So I was like, that made me feel better. But anyways, remember you remember when he got choked out from Sergi? Yes, yeah. remember that? <laughs> I, he wasn't with us though. He wasn't with us so. No. So yeah. 
But yeah, that, that was the only thing that made me feel good about those dark times. Marquise Chris is always ready to fight. But anyways, yeah, back to Monty. Um, so I'm gonna start it off by saying, like, look, I don't want to come off as like a Monty hater. I don't want to come off like I, I love Monty as much as everybody else, but it's just like I'm not gonna like I'm gonna call a spade a spade. And I feel like I'm gonna hold him if he wants to, if he's the coach of the year, I'm gonna hold him to that standard. And I feel like this year, like it was kind of more of an ode to him kind of thing. It was like we didn't give it to you last year, so we're just gonna give it to you. And then on top of that, you had the best record. So it's like it's a little bit easier to give it to you this year. But my thing is, like I'm saying, is we can't continue to go to game fives, and that's when you want to make adjustments. Like, why is it every single time our back is against the wall, that's when you want to start actually start moving and, like, shuffling stuff around? You see what I'm saying? And that's my part where it's just, like, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand. And he said it, and it was one of those mic'd up moments, and I was like, okay, like, it kind of let me in on his mindset a little bit. It was like, stay the course. Like, this is the game plan, like, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't go without the game plan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Stay on the game plan. This is like, no, like this isn't working. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, like, let's adjust. And that's what I'm trying to say. But I guess like y- y'all don't really see it. It's like this team saves Monty's ass a lot. Chris Paul saves Monty's ass a lot. Devin Booker saves Monty's ass a lot. Like there's a whole lot of mistakes coaching wise that happens, but winning cures everything. And so it's just like right now, like, yeah, so like we won 64 games, whatever the case may be. So it's just like, but I just feel like if we wasn't in these kind of things, like I definitely think that we would be pointing the finger at Monty a whole lot more. Cause like I said, I just feel like there's a lot of things that he does. It's just like, okay, like I guess, but hey, I don't know. I guess question. I'm the only one. A quick question, Evan, like is, are you wearing a sleeve jersey or, no. or the gray? Like, no, no, no. Remember, this is our gray era. This is our gray era. I'm, okay. Yeah. Does it, anybody, it does anybody like... in the chat know who this is? Besides Randy, because we just talked about it. Does anybody know who this is? Type it up in the chat. Yeah, the grays are blending into each other. Yeah, it's that dark gray, man. (laughs) I I remember always trying to find the right color jersey to wear, or the right color shirt to wear under this. Was it a white one? No, the white never looked good. Do you wear a purple? That looks weird with the gray. Do you wear orange? Ah, fuck. Do you wear gray? No, it blends in. Like it was just. This is by far like the worst jersey of all time in Phoenix Suns basketball. But <laughs> does anybody know who this is? Number 30. Come on. Some no nobody's Come coming on, up. Yo. Somebody's got to know who number 30. Do you have a Someone do you have a guess? Someone do you have a guess, JJ? I know who it is. I'm just waiting for the Oh, uh, okay. Okay. We're, we're we're gonna see who it is. One of my favorite players. No, Roy. It wasn't Troy Daniels. I mean, they didn't <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> I mean he wore 30. I got you. He wore 30. Yeah. Anybody that plays Purtle online, this is kind of like a in live uh Purtle game. Um no, uh for rest in peace is a clue. Rest in peace for sure. And he was on Survivor. There's your clues right yeah. there. One of my one of my favorite players played against uh Sonia says Earl Barron. <laughs> I love it. Uh, played against Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 92 finals. Lost to them. Ha- actually had a hell of a game. There we go, Fabio. Cliff Robinson. Uncle Cliff. Big Cliff Robinson. Yeah, rest in peace on Survivor. One of my favorite. I don't know. If, I don't know if y'all remember this team. It was either the 98 or the 99 Suns. We had the meanest forward lineup for small and power forward the meanest sean marion was a rookie and we had tom gugliata we had cliff robinson and we had rodney rogers those were our four forwards we had like the dirtiest top four forwards right there 
that that was a nasty time. And then we had Jay Kidd, then we had Penny, and Penny got hurt. Jason mm-hmm. Kidd got hurt. Then we had Luke Longley. Like, oh yeah. lord, that was a hell of a team. Those forwards, and, man, they did something. And, and Cliff on Survivor, he was a dog, man. Like he, yeah, like, man, competed like everybody else. And then there was this one uh, water competition that resulted in like a basketball shooting. Dude, he was sinking them. He was just he, boom, like he was sinking boom. them. <laughs> uh yeah they voted him out because uh, he was the biggest competition at the time <laughs> it was a female uh led uh, uh survivor series of the females were just voting off all the guys and cliff was like the nicest and guy cliff, like, cliff was oh, the nicest so. he tried to play all roles he wasn't trying to play ruthless yeah rest in peace cliff robinson oh, and and rodney rogers okay. if anybody doesn't know i wear his jersey a lot too he got an atv accident he's uh he's paralyzed he's a quadriplegic mm-hmm. as well too so uh, keep those guys in your thoughts sometimes. So on, honestly, uh, back to Monty Williams. So I said the night that we had specs on and we beat the Pelicans, I don't want to see a lick of JaVale McGee in this series. <laughs> I didn't want to see it at all. I wanted to see Point Landry. I wanted to see Aaron Holiday. Every time Aaron comes in in garbage minutes, he's by far the best player. Yeah, you can talk about garbage minutes all you want, but you can't debate that he would be a spark off the bench. And to get to Randy's point about him kind of taking too long to to adjust, that's been two, three years in the making, man. He is going to stick with that game plan, and it's frustrating to see him do that. Now, they do come out, and they do make adjustments as far as schematically, but it feels like he's waiting way too long to make any type of adjustment that he really wants to. But the thing that was incredible to me watching games three and four game three, the one that I was there and then watching game four and even the first half of this game, there was nothing we were doing to actively make them turn the ball over, make them miss a shot or anything like that. And then sporadically out of nowhere, out of thin air, we're back. Our premeditated rotations, our rotations with a purpose, whatever you want to call them, were magically fucking there. And that's the part that I really want to nail and hammer down now. Is that schematically, did they do that on purpose? Is, is it all part of the plan? Did they not want to show too many things and then lose or something? Or are, are they learning from being up to nothing and they want to try different things and then get back to their old ways? Is this part of the NBA deep state? No. Nah. What the hell was it? Anybody felt- that watched this whole series knows that when that second half started last night, the game's one and two defensive schemes were back. It, it yeah. was like that. Like they knew exactly what to do. They were all on the same page before Guys were switching, and you saw a book pushing out Cam Johnson sometime. Like, no, you got to take him. And then they're looking back at each other like WTF. So what the hell happened? This should have been a sweep, y'all. This should have been a sweep. Randy, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Um, So what happened was is that he went away from the game plan, or he made, like you said, the schematic adjustment of instead of he tried to blitz Luca more or show a double more on Luca and then let everybody else beat us. Cause I felt like we could have won it either way. Like I felt like if we could have, we could have doubled Luca and then got the ball out of his hands and dared everybody else to beat us. But then in games three and four, like they showed us like, damn, but, like, all right, they could but beat that's us. Not, 
yeah, but that's not the point what I'm getting at. Beast hit it perfect right here. He says it was almost too perfect in his next comment. It smells fishy. Like it was it was almost too good. Like too perfect. It was the same scheme that we were running in game one and two. And I feel like the scheme was let Luca get whatever he wants. Or, like, play him straight up, and then let's shut down everybody else. Yeah, him and Brunson, I guess, whoever the ball handler was, right? Yeah, because I feel like in that first half, what, Dorian Finney-Smith hit two threes in a row. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on with Bert Tans right now. Like, in, in Washington, he was not looking like – I remember when we wanted him in the summer? He, he, he's the dude from two years ago that was hitting, like, 75% from three. No, but he stunk yeah, it up. He hasn't, like, he hasn't like taken a single two-pointer this series. God damn, that boy That's don't miss. Wild. Isn't that insane? That, that boy don't miss. That's yeah. wild. No, Jay. he's money. I'll give him that. He's money. Jay, who's on who's on your shirt? Is that Stevie Nash? Uh yeah, it's a Stevie Nash draft. Uh yeah. hey, that's sexy. Yeah. I like yeah, that. So, JJ, what do you what do you think it was, man? Because man, I don't know. I, I don't I'm I'm at a loss for words about why all of a sudden we were able to rotate again. I'm at a loss for words. I'm happy it happened. I just don't get it. What do you got for us? So I'm taking more of a black and white approach. Um, some things are a little simpler uh, sometimes. Uh, I think really what it was was being down 10 plus after the first quarter and digging yourself out of that hole going forward. Yeah, the Suns are 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 good enough to uh, you know, uh, dig themselves out, of course. But when uh, one game Dallas is not missing a shot, regardless of where they are on the court, or or another game where they're not missing a single three and they drop about uh, 22, I think, in uh, game four, uh, and shooting at almost at a 50% clip from three. So, uh, you know, like when you're not uh, urgent with closing out on the perimeter, uh, we weren't doing that at all. Uh, we were losing the rebounding battle, which we should not be losing the rebound uh, uh, battle against this Dallas team. And it's just overall just not being aggressive on defense and you just, like, let let them score on every possession, you know. Uh, like, there was just no sense of urgency to try to, you know, get back into the lead, uh, the lead and stuff. And at the end of the day, both games uh, we lost by uh, 10. Uh, but yeah, like it came down to the first quarter in those uh, two games, you know, uh, being down 10 plus, like you can build a lead upon that. That's what the Suns have done all season. And what I think what was different about game five is uh, we kept it close. Yeah, uh, we got down 11 uh, uh, pretty early, but, uh, you know, that was right in the beginning of the game. If we got it to like a two or three point game, uh, then uh, a second quarter hit uh, bench unit came in. Surprised not to see uh campaign coming out, but Shamit that we really need to address that because Sh- Shamit played really good, guys. One of the better games I've seen him play. So I'm um, saying, but, yeah, in so, pressure situ- in pressure situations, Shamit shows up, and I have to give him his credit. Like, yeah, in a regular season, like when we don't need him, he like plays terrible. But like whenever book yeah. is out or whatever, whatever, like he shows up. He so you make up, him- dude. He's but go ahead. Ass, uh, yeah, he's dead ass <laughs> like next man up mentality. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so the first and second quarter, Aiden went out uh, with uh, two early fouls. Uh, Busy came in. I was glad not to see Jamel be the second guy coming in. And uh, Bismack right away made a defensive uh, presence. You know, uh, no one was taking in the lane besides Brunson because he's looking for those calls. And Luca was settling for outside shooting along with uh, Dinwiddie. Uh, 
uh, uh, Smith. Uh, I, I want to say Willie Ooh. Carly Stein, but uh, Fitty nah, Smith. No. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah I also want to say yeah. yeah so uh, everyone was selling uh, selling for the outside shooting because they didn't want to deal with Bismack uh, uh, in the center. Then at the end of the second quarter, uh, Javale McGee came in and played those three minutes, and I don't know why Monty threw threw uh, Javale out there with Bertans. Uh, Bertans playing the fifth uh, uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for Dallas, and that. That that blew my mind, but whatever. It was three minutes, but we ended up closing the second quarter uh, with a, a three point lead and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. Like if you if you take the playoff context out of that game, it was just another Phoenix Suns game. You know, kept it close, kept it within a five point game, and then either the third or fourth quarter, we just knock it out. And that third quarter, like the Mavericks didn't score for six six solid minutes, right, or a little under. And the Phoenix Suns just, just, just took over the game, and like in a blink of an eye, they were up by twenty five, and and it wasn't like yeah, like I would say a switch flipped, but I think that switch flipped at the end of game four. So you think I, so? I think they knew. Yeah, so I think they knew what they did wrong. I think I think they've kind of seen everything that Dallas has to offer, and plus role players they usually play better at home. So I think it was kind of maybe a mild case of that. Uh, but yeah, like I think uh, Monty and uh, saw that they need to be closing out on the perimeter, regardless if they're going to uh, go uh, heads up on Luca and try to let everybody else beat them. You have to make your presence known on defense regardless, because this team, uh, this Mavericks team can be really streaky from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's what this uh, Jay did great on defense. Shamit, he's not the best defender, but he played really good defense last night. And uh, a book or two on a on a few possessions, he was more offensive dom on uh, offensive dominant. But uh, he, uh, you know, he held his own. Uh, yeah, but, I feel yeah, like uh, I feel like though. Yeah. I feel like though, like we got to get Booker off of Jalen Brunson. Like I get it, Book, you're a shooting guard. I get it. Like you don't yeah. run some matchups. I get it. Like. You got the pride, you got the ego, like you got the whatever mentality. But it's like you got to conserve your energy. You know what I'm saying? Especially if we need you heavily on the offensive end, because like Chris Paul just, I don't know, the monsters got his talent right now. So it's just like I think I still, <laughs> yeah, I still think that we, I still think that we do for like a good Chris Paul game. But like, yeah, so especially when Chris Paul just out there, like, what do you have? Seven points last night, like. Devin Brook, you gotta yes, be like, like you gotta be more, yeah, you gotta be more conscious of like, all right, like let me conserve my energy and let me carry the load more often and like hold it down up until CP3 can figure it out or whatever the case may be. Cause I just have no idea what's going on with him right now. I like I would say like Book doesn't really need to conserve his energy because he he's had a very consistent series uh thus far. His, his shooting efficiency has been pretty good. Uh, especially the uh, the last two games, he was the only positive in Game Four. Uh, besides Jay, I think Jay had that 19 point game in Game Four. But uh, but yeah, with Chris Paul, he's just been in a slump. Uh, like I just don't know what it is. Uh, but you know, when it comes to Chris Paul and closeout games, he has a good track record. I'm not gonna harp on that uh, too much. Uh, but um, uh, Booker, he's been by far the most consistent guy in this series. And, you know, uh, with DA not being part of the game plan in uh, the first half of the game, and then you have the at, at, at the end of the half with him not rolling the right direction, 
but you know, Diet, everyone showed up in the second half and they Kid. closed out the game. They won by 30. And, you know, uh, it's uh, curtains, barbecue chicken, let, like you said. Let me ask you this because this is something I was talking about. Is this series hurting DeAndre Aiden in the contract negotiation? Because I feel like if I was Robert Sarver or whatever the case may be, and I'm negotiating, I would just bring up this series. Because it's just, it's so crazy to me, like, how, like, backwards DA can get sometimes. Because, like, in the Pelican series, I wasn't expecting too much. I was like, all right, like, just do what you can do. They got double bigs down there. Just grab as many boards as you can. Just show me hustle, and I'll be fine. And then you go out there and give me 25-plus every night. And then against the Mavs, it's like, okay, like, you have barbecue chicken down there. And it's just like, you're not barbecuing anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had maybe one, like, game one where it was just like, he had, like, an effortless 25. But then it's just like, outside of that, like, I need a big game from him tomorrow just to, just for contractual reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if he I, has I, a dominant, uh, uh, if he has a dominant uh, game six, uh, like a dominant game tomorrow, I, I think all this just goes away. But I, I'm low key going to kind of give him a pass because, uh, one, they're sending everybody at him. And two, Chris Paul and Booker and every other wing has been awful with finding DA. He's been open a lot, and they've settled with the outside shooting. So if they're just not feeding him, that's not his fault. And I I think James Jones is aware of the situation. I think Monty is too. And I wasn't the one killing DA uh, like everybody else. Uh, There's a lot of people killing him. But I just I like – yeah, his presence wasn't necessarily known, but at the same time, uh, they just weren't giving him the opportunities to work. Uh, I don't think he was part of the initial game plan in game three and four. Uh, and uh, game five, uh, you know, the second half. So uh, I'm low-key going to give him a pass going, uh, you know, for this series, but he needs to have a dominant next game for us to close this out for sure. It's tough to say when you look at the Kyler Murray situation, if they would have signed them at the beginning of the offseason versus what they're going to sign them to now, those are probably six to eight to ten million dollars a year difference now. And that's a lot for a quarterback when it comes to DeAndre eight. And I almost feel like it's the same thing where we probably would have gotten better value for him last year. And now. Dude, Charlotte or somebody is going to come in with a big offer sheet and we're going to have to match at this point, whether that's going to be a full max or, or partly guaranteed, or I don't know what it's going to be, but whatever it, it is, comes it's going to it <laughs> come to the ring. It don't matter if we, if we end up with a ring, I mean, what choice do we have? Right. But I've always said we're to the point where it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's a top, He's arguably a top three, but he's definitely a top five center in the league. So you're going to have to pay him as such. And I don't think the Suns can afford to lose him, especially when we've seen his offensive development this past, what, four or five months, I guess since January, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We really don't have a choice, in my personal opinion. But I don't know if we had a game plan for anything these past couple games. So I'm not going to hold anything on DA. I mean, look at the way you guys were talking about Chris Paul was playing. The role players couldn't do a damn thing. McHale disappeared. Cam Johnson disappeared. And we can go down the list, right? right? So these last few games aren't anything. But as Jay said, if he comes out tomorrow and he has 30 and 20, nobody's going to think anything else of this right now. So it is just kind of weird going back to my initial point about what was going on with the different uh, game plans going forward. But did you guys already discuss Chris Paul a little bit? I just kind of walked in and I heard it. Yeah, we kind of t- we touched on it. 
Chris Paul, man. Um, something has to be not right with his hand. Something has to at this point because we never saw him like this the regular season this year or last year. He was like this in the playoffs last year, but he had the stinger and, and the hand thing, right? So something for sure is going on. It's not fully healthy. I don't know. But damn, man, I'd love to see them speed it up even more. Like when Chris Paul's in there, we get into a possession basketball game, which is great for the playoffs. When campaign was in there, the thing I did like that he did was push the tempo. I liked how he pushed the tempo, and I wish we did that more. Chris Paul's not that guy right now. 38 has not been a good year for him. It's been disappointing. Everybody's talking about, you know, Chris Paul masterclass masterclass tomorrow. I don't know if I see that coming. I mean, I've been wrong before. I hope I'm wrong. Is Scott Foster's record or not? I mean, he can break the curse, man, in a closeout. That's got to be broken at some point, right? I mean, I'd rather, and and for the record, I'd rather Scott Foster ref tomorrow than ref game seven. So, all right. Yeah. And I'd rather him ref game six than have the officiating crew from game four. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. That can we and can we can we talk about Luca? Oh, can we we get on Luca? Luca (laughs) Doncic, the biggest (laughs) bitch in the NBA, and that whole fan base and that whole team has taken on that moniker, y'all. You go onto Dallas Mavericks Twitter. Nobody had beef with them after game one and two, dude. No one had beef with them, and all of a sudden, in the last four games. Holy shit, that fan base has proven that they are the dumbest fan base in all of American sports. Anybody that willingly backs that type of Luca play, the Luca donkey play, you are a special type of person. Let me tell you. And then yeah. you saw comments today with dudes being like, oh, I didn't even know there was this many Phoenix fans. I was like, bro, what? Madhouse on McDowell. Right? <laughs> there are the most ignorant fan base i mean at least the pelicans fans were kind of clever with some of the stuff they did right yeah like oh yeah i'll 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 give them petty they were petty which i didn't like at the time but looking back on it i appreciate i was probably petty myself a couple times back in my day and still am but this fan base is just downright stupid it's Mm. incredible to watch (laughs) at the game (laughs) at the game watching things like when there would be a charge called on them and the dude is clearly moving, I stood up and I said out loud, he is moving. How can you debate that? Two people went up and looked at me and I'm like, you debating that? And then (laughs) turned back around. It's absolutely incredible. The stuff that we are finding and what they are trying to say. And then how they're trying to compare. Oh, Luca's been better since day one, you know, look at what Booker has. And then somebody went online. I think it was Suns uni tracker, if I'm not mistaken. They did a mirror image of Booker's uh, second year in the league versus Luca's second year in the league. And you look at the rosters. Oh my God. It's like night and day difference. So don't even talk to me like that. And everybody all of a sudden hates Devin Booker because he's trash talking now. Like dude, Show me you're not an NBA fan. It is by far the most classless fan base. And we didn't even talk about the 17-year-old kid that was trying to hug up on his wife or whatever. <laughs> like, it is... It is a, yeah, yeah. But it, it is yeah. downright shameful 
what these Dallas Maverick fans are trying to convey and how they back up Luka Donkey. Man, pretty, it's so, pretty, pretty boy ain't like that, y'all. Pretty boy ain't like that. He's not that it's, dude. It's so crazy to me because, like, D-Book did the one play where he felt like when he laid on the ground with Dorian Finney-Smith and then, like, every Mavs fan is like, oh, D-Book is a mark and woo woo blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you not know who's on your team? Like, do you not know Luka, like, is a king of fouls and flops? Like, But, but then they under- push it on us. Oh, they learned from Chris oh, Paul. Oh, you have Chris Paul on your team. It's like, yeah, you know what, Chris Paul has done that. that. That's fine. Chris Paul's done that. He's not laying on the ground, rolling over a Peter Griffin. Ah, ah, (laughs) 20 minutes, man. Come on. Yeah, man. So it's just like, like they literally watched Lucas shoot 10, like 15 to 20 free throws a night. And it's just like, I don't even understand how you watch that. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that might be one of the reasons on why. Like, they're just so ignorant to it because it's just like nobody really watches it because you can't watch it. I couldn't watch I couldn't watch James Harden shoot 20 30 free throws a night and I damn sure it's hard to watch it. man Dude watching Harden do this for 16 seconds back and forth and dribble the basketball just back and wing, forth like... and then th- and then do something like awful basketball man you know at, at least Chris Paul tried to do it in a way where his team like got got ahead of it like like the call that was missed in game four when, you know, somebody, when he stopped on, when he stopped on a dime and Jalen Brunson hit him in the back in the backcourt, right? Like right. Yeah. that is a pure basketball play and everyone's all like, nah, you can't do that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? We've been doing that for 30 years. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Game four really kind of summed up kind of like NBA Twitter's agenda with everything. Thank you, Fabio. Uh, Luka twice a week. I know, right? Yeah. So Perfect. Like, I wasn't a Luka guy coming in because, uh, like, coming into this series, I've never entirely been a Luka guy. I've, I have the uh, utmost respect for this guy. He's a great offensive player. Offensive player. Uh, but, <laughs> but this series has really, like, ruffled my feathers, especially Brunson. I really like Brunson going in, but this dude – is on the ground more than he's running uh, uh, when he's checked in, dude. So, 100%. Yeah, so game three, whatever. Uh, they got the best of us game three. You know, I can live with that. Game four was fucking ridiculous with the officiating. Like, that was some of the worst officiating I've seen in the Sacramento Lakers series uh, back in 2003. And I'm not over-exaggerating. It was that bad. Like, with Dallas being the bonus with nine minutes left in each quarter was freaking crazy. And at, like, five of Chris Paul's fouls were not even fouls. <laughs> Especially yeah. that last one. That was bullshit. So, like, obviously, these refs had some sort of vendetta. They're people at the end of the day. But if they're going to – that – Officiating crew refs should aren't not people together. We're, we're we're not we're not dying on that <laughs> hill. Refs this aren't is the people. Side job for them, like 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 they're fucking librarians and lawyers and shit. And then like they officiate uh like for like half a year, and then they do this dumb shit. Like you don't want to call this evenly. So whatever. Don't um, start with me. Like game four was a cl- like a cluster fuck from uh you know start to finish. Yeah, we played like shit. We weren't playing with energy, but at the same time, again, whist- uh, getting whistled every like possession, you know, it's going to slow down the game, and we're like, we're just standing there, like, 
like how are we supposed to play? Like it was literally kind of like flashes from uh, the Milwaukee series. Like I respect for Milwaukee, they play hard as shit, whatever. But they were allowed to be as physical as they wanted to. And when we try even matching half of that, we got whistled every time. Yeah, I know we have Jake Crowder. I know we have Chris Paul. And if you want to bitch about Booker's trying to uh, flop to get a call, I mean, we're trying to match the energy here. We're not getting sense of the line every possession. Like, like I do this officiating. Like, officiating's been bad across the whole playoffs this year. It's been, it, it's been crazy. But yeah, that game four, like I thought I was tripping. I went on Twitter and just about like every professional athlete <laughs> and like uh, like sports analyst was like, "What am I watching right now? Like this is awful officiating." At, and if we were exactly. bad, I, like yeah, this, yeah. So like we were bad, but we lost by ten, and it, it just totally killed our mojo in, in that game. And Luca and Brunson want to talk all the shit when they're on the ground most of the time, and every whistle went their way. Whatever. That's why we came out. That's why I said that switch was at the end of game four because that that was a load of horseshit in, in that game. And I was texting my cousin and other family members, and they're like, "Yeah, like that game was absolutely awful." And not even from us, uh, our standpoint, but just overall. And you kept everyone uh, besides Suns fans kind of shoot uh, showing their true colors maybe against us since the beginning. I don't know why, but. Uh, like I, I would say we're the least sus team. I mean, you just saw the Warriors get blown by fifty uh, just a couple minutes ago, and th- and people have them making it to the finals and possibly winning it. So uh, we don't need to get into that right now. But game four, flip the switch for the Suns. Like, yeah, this is a bunch of bullshit. Let's wrap this up. Let's, you're you're, you're, you're kind of cutting round. out a little bit. You're you're lagging just a little bit there. So I'm just gonna in- interject real quick. You, you'll. You'll pop back on soon. Um, everybody, real quick, just please hit hit the like button. Share this out to everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our audio listeners on Audio Podcast, Spotify, Google Play. We appreciate you. Please donate to the podcast at our Anchor channel, too, to keep this going for another season. Uh, we would really appreciate it. And and everybody that's uh, coming in, we saw Suns Jam was in here earlier. P-Dog 006 is in the house. We appreciate you. Iverson Vlogs. Bees, Fabio, a lot of our loyal <laughs> listeners. JV was in earlier. Uh, Rick77 and my fave tech. Sonia was in here. We appreciate all of you guys coming in. Uh, so, can I say one last thing about game four? Say say it because I want to go on a rant about the uh, the ESPN analysts and rappers and everybody that was talking. Oh, my <laughs> God. Are we going to talk right. about Reggie? The, I guess it's like- No, we're not talking about Reggie. Screw him. No, <laughs> no, no, no. My hot take on game four, I was more mad at Book than anything else. Like, I still think that game four was a still a winnable game. Like, we chopped it down to, I want to say, maybe three or, like, to four to six. And I feel like I was just waiting on that moment of Book take over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Tap into that CP3 mode of ripping off, like, 12 straight points. And it just never really happened. Granted, I get it. Like, the powers AB. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the rest was – but I was more mad at Book than anything. But go ahead. That was just my hot take on you know, it. You know, I get it. Both games. both games are very winnable. That's both games that's what winnable. I was just going to say. Even with the refs, even with all that stuff, those games were 100% winnable, y'all. If we would have rotated three or four possessions or gotten back on defense, you know, we could have won those games regardless of that. We weren't there. The ball was being tossed all over the place. We had 17 turnovers per game. Nobody was was 
you know, hunkering down, playing hard, all that stuff. It it was not pretty all the way around, and we still only lost by 10 each game. Those were winnable games. That's why I was upset. Like, F, F the refs, man. I've been, we've been dealing with this ever since the Suns and the Spurs way back in the day, 04, 05, 06. I mean, we've seen this trash before. You need to win despite the refs. Doesn't matter what the refs are going to call. You need to adapt to that and you need to kick ass and you still need to play defense and you still need to rotate. You still need to box out, which we sometimes can't seem to do. And sometimes you don't hit your shots, but sometimes you can still win. What game was it last year? Was it game? five or game four against the Clippers where we couldn't hit a damn thing, but thank God Deandre Ayton had like 27 rebounds that game. Right. He like single-handedly won that game for us. Right. So you can win those games. You can, we just, there was nothing there, but again, second half of game five clicks. Here we are right back at it. So looking to, Oh, I was going to talk about the ESPN analyst, man. You go on Twitter ex-NBA players, movie stars, rappers, musicians, performers. Everybody was talking about what the hell are they watching when it comes to Luka Donkey and the flopping. Like, everybody sees it. Suns Jam is in Mavs Reddit all the time. They're talking about, like, yeah, Mavs fans see it too. They're being like, we're flopping too much. People are admitting it. Like, it's literally there. Everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. And they're rewarding it. They're continually rewarding it. I I swear to God, I hope in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, there's some sort of Netflix documentary on the deep state NBA and how corrupt it was because this shit is not watchable. You watch a regular season college basketball game versus the final four, it's refed completely different. And that's fine as long as it's consistent. Those dudes go at it. They bang bodies. They meet each other up top and they hit each other and nothing is called. And that's the way basketball should be played. Sure. Over an 82 game span, protect the players to a point. You know, I, I, you can talk me into that argument. I get it, man. It's the playoffs. Now there is no time for that. This isn't soccer. This isn't major league soccer. This isn't FIFA. Y'all don't need to be rolling around. Y'all are six foot eight to seven footers and, you know, obviously all varying degrees of weight and whatnot. But these are big dudes, bigger than all of us. It's two of me for somebody that's that's Bismack Biombo size. You telling me a little bump, a little scrape, a little something is really going to hurt these dudes? No. Roll the ball out there. Have people dive on it. Whoever has the balls will dive for the ball. And if these dudes are going to roll around afterwards, dude, tech them up, man. (laughs) <laughs> you need to tech them up for that shit. That's not basketball. Nah. This is a uh, rough sport. This, this is a well, rough sport, and they're not calling it as such. And they haven't. I mean, there's been, uh, let's be honest, there's been a handful of playoff series like they do let them play, and those are some of the best ones we've seen. The ones that we've seen with, with Luka Donkey and this New Orleans Pelicans teams, that ain't it. That's not basketball. And for anybody, including Dallas Mavericks fans, for anybody to back up that kind of play, you have no room to watch basketball in my court. That is trash basketball. And you're a pretty trashy sports fan if you agree with that shit. End rant. Go ahead, Jay. Mike. I, I need a mic drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I was just going to add a quick thing. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have the worst hashtag on Twitter. 
uh, that Dallas MFFL shit. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that one's fine, but that uh, Dallas in, but the all in, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like they're they all in like, Adam Silver. Look, like, yeah, for real. Like, like lowercase the two letters and uppercase it looks so goofy it looks like a like a, kid, a kindergartner uh, put it together i i can't stand seeing that hashtag it just drives me up a wall but uh yeah like uh, what you said evan they keep on rewarding it and uh, that's the problem with i mean this playoffs have uh besides the sons of maverick series is uh, that's been a consistent thing I mean, uh, it's just rewarding that bad behavior so uh like and besides uh, uh, rewarding that, it's the favoritism and the biases and stuff. But game four, uh, the like the officials were um, like uh, they messed up on out of bounds calls. That they're uh, messing up on. Remember that uh, loose ball uh, Jay Crowder caused on Luca, and neither one of them had possession of it, and they still got the timeout. That's the bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah, and, and and then if Brunson is allowed to do a oh okay I'll start with this if Luca is allowed to take four steps in the paint and be in the paint for more than three seconds I'm talking man solid five seconds you can't say that he's allowed, allowed to do man. that shit yeah I know I'm <laughs> gonna be part of the deep state here but like if he's allowed to do that you should not be bitching about Chris Ball trying to cut in front of Jalen Brunson. Come on now. <laughs> like, like Chris yeah. Paul, like if people actually watch like Suns games or just Chris Paul games in general, he kind of rarely does that. He's he only does the rip through the tempo stuff. Yeah, he does the rip through because he knows where the foul count is. He's gonna that's, yeah. that's, that's not a that's not line. a flop. Yeah, it's not. not it's don't put your hand in the middle. He told you that. Don't put your hand in the middle, it's in the scouting report. That's on you. Like that—that's entirely on you. That isn't and on how, the official. And how many times does does Luca push off when he's in the post and 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 Chris oh. Paul or someone is guarding him? How many times he's pushing extent. off? Come on, come on, yeah. come on, come on, come on. I I but, got to a point like, with I know it. Dallas is like Wonder Boy, but yeah, I got yeah, to go a ahead. point with it where I was just like, yo, like the NBA should seriously consider like having like an outside entity or like an independent contractor with these referees, like. Have somebody else that's not has no connection or is not you know what I'm saying like affiliated with the NBA like come he's heating up these games <laughs> like because this is getting ridiculous and like I said I feel like at the end of the day like it's gonna turn it into like it's like borderline unwatchable so you know so let I mean? me let, let me pass this your way uh, we did a spaces I think it was after game two when I was in my hotel room and. Amit came on and he said when they go to the challenge, they need to have an NFL type of system where there's somebody in New York or wherever the main office is that yeah. looks at it and, and they're the ones that make the decision. I think that's a start. What do you what do you think about that? I don't like how all three of them can go and they can judge their own king call, right? Right. They have to yeah. look and that that kind of takes balls sometimes in, in the middle of eighteen thousand fans to be like, Oh, I screwed that call up. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. there's dudes out there like that and these referees like to make it all about them so what do you think of having having the challenge to be you know done up and not up in the booth i guess but you know up in new york or wherever do you like that idea yeah for sure i don't know if it's possible just because like has, as many nba games goes on in like one day but i mean probably in playoffs and for sure it could probably work but yeah i think that that's the start and i feel like it has to be some sort of like retraining or something because like 
I don't know if they're going with these archaic ass like, like, like cause some of these, I don't know, some of these refs are super old. Some of them are just like, they came from all kind of different eras. So they've seen all kind of different things. So it's just like, like, I don't know, man. It's just, the refs are just bad. Like, I don't know. Like, P-Dog P- 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 and, and, and Randy to a point, they don't want to hire them because then they have to hold them accountable. Mm. Yeah. You see, you see where I'm going with that though? Yeah. Think about that. I love that idea, by the way, with uh, with the office uh, up in New York or wherever, because, yeah, yeah, it takes uh, some balls to admit that you're wrong. But those are the refs that we respect. It's like be like, oh, at the time, uh, from my point of view, I saw it this way. But looking at other uh, like uh, other angles and stuff, I'm going to make the right call and all this. But when three uh, three refs. Like go up to the monitor, and I'm take I'm I'm doing this. I remember when uh, Javale McGee tried closing out on uh, 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 Cleaver, and he like landed on top of him, and Reggie Bullock oh, yeah. uh, was in the corner, and uh, they still gave the shot out. Yeah, yeah, like that, that's the shit I'm talking about. Like that three points could have been the most valuable thing at the end of the game, and like for those three refs to not know the rule, like. Like I thought that rule was common knowledge. You get like the shot needs to be out of the hands already in motion for that uh, for that yeah. shot to count. And that ball, he was barely in shooting form <laughs> when uh, when he was uh, attempting that. I don't care if the foul was before, or whatever, whatever. Like we like that office uh, that you know uh, the review office is will be clutch because in the NFL, that's one of the best things that happens in the NFL uh, when um, if, like I'm willing to wait two minutes for the right call if it's some bullshit. Like it, it makes it a yeah, lot. I, I don't want those three dudes that made the call to have to uphold or overturn the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 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 let's start there. Um, Let's go to game six. Game six. Randy, what are you expecting from game six? Go. Woo! I need close out Chris to step up into the building. I need yeah. Chris Paul, Christopher Emmanuel Paul for real, because it's just, he's like, on fire. Buying, I don't know if I'm buying the whole, like, his hand is hurting. I just feel like it's more of a, they're blitzing him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're getting the ball out of his hands. Like, the only person, the downfall about Bismack Biombo like, playing a lot of minutes or whatever, and JaVale McGee, is that they don't set good screens as good as DA, like, for, no, for to true. get Chris yeah, Paul yeah. open. So, it's like, yeah, yeah. he hasn't really been getting open, especially if B- Biombo says that. He's always looking to slip or whatever the case may be. And then they're super long, too. But I don't, that's never really been a issue but if chris paul's not doing that i need devin booker to be like all right like let me do my best chris paul impersonation you know what i mean like even if they do get scott foster tomorrow like i need this team to take it on is like you know what like we know chris paul's lost every single game but not tonight not this game you know what i'm saying we're gonna this for you you know what i mean so it's just like that's what i need can JJ. anybody in the chat look up uh, if scott foster has officiated a closeout game for chris paul can mm, someone look that no. up for me uh, but um, yeah, like uh, we definitely need a Chris Paul closeout game. Uh, like he's notorious for going off in uh, in closeout games. And I mean, you can think of uh, this uh, this playoff run, last year's playoff run, his early Clippers run as well. I mean, he's he's been pretty consistent with it. So that's what I I need to see. I need to see a really good uh, DeAndre Ayton game. He needs to make his presence known right away. Same thing as Chris Paul. Uh, like I don't want to hear the conserving energy thing. You can go all out in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, especially if you're playing 30 minutes. So I want to see an, ag- uh, an aggressive CP and DA to start the game. Booker has been doing his thing. I, I, I'm just 
expecting consistency, and we need one of the twins to show up. Absolutely, if it's Mikel or Cam, one of them needs to show up. Uh, if not both, I'd love to see both. But uh, when it comes to the bench unit, I do not want to see Javale McGee even touch the floor unless if there's nope. foul trouble on both Da and Bismack. It, uh, but even that. Throwing Ish Wainwright because I think he can play his own. <laughs> like he didn't have to. He can actually like he, he can actually <laughs> close out on the three, and if he was in front of Luca like for like two minutes, and he looked pretty good. So hustle plays. Uh, yeah, hustle plays. He ain't, he ain't uh, backing he, down. He played football at Baylor. Oh uh, yeah, no. So uh, that's what I expect to see. I like I love Shamit coming in as point guard. He pushed the tempo. And Shamit, he has a high basketball IQ. Like we he killed him good. a lot this season just because his shots weren't falling down, but he was taking the right shots. He w- wasn't making bad passes. Uh like he's been overall consistent, uh just uh, all around, just the shots weren't dropping. So if we have that Shamit come in, play point guard, distribute, facilitate, push that pace for the bench unit. I, I think we see a repeat uh, of game five for sure. So that's what I expect to see. That's what I want to see. I want like I want to see our big three just go crazy and kick Lucas ass, bro. I do not want to talk about this guy anymore. And <laughs> I don't want to see Jalen Brunson yeah. either. I know I know he's gonna get his bag and it's well deserved, but fuck them both, dude. I look, 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 man, <laughs> do not let there be a game seven. Do not no. let there be a game seven. We've been talking about all season and even to the first round and then the second round of playoffs so far about not wanting to show too much, not wanting to show too much. It's 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 about time to bring out the bag. I mean, at yeah. what point are you going to bring out the bag? You know what I'm saying? Uh, a closeout game to not get a game seven to go to the Western Conference Finals. This is when you bring out the bag. Like Like, this is the game. You do it from tip off to right to the very end. You bring everything out. Don't right. wait to the second half. Don't do nothing like that. Like blitz him, blitz him from the beginning. Do not let there be a game seven. I don't care if it's Chris Paul. I don't care if it's Devin Booker. I don't care who it is. Someone needs to go off. I would prefer it to be Devin Booker, the dude that's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And I want him to play 42 to 44 minutes. I want yeah. DeAndre Ayton out there for 40 plus minutes. Like this is the time to do that. We're not waiting for anything else. This isn't to get a number one seed. This is to get to the Western Conference Finals two years in a row. You don't yeah. hold this shit back. Campaign has played himself off the court. Tory Craig has played himself off the court. We're questioning to see if Ish Wainwright can do some things. In the four to five minutes that he's played, you know, he hasn't been a negative. I'll take that. Busy, no need to say anything there. He's been killing it. Cam Johnson is just slowly progressing to getting better. Like he's going to have a breakout game. I just don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but that breakout game is definitely coming and just rebound. This game is not going to be one on the offensive side. This game is going to be won by stopping them Defense. and getting out in transition. Number mm-hmm. one, first and foremost, I said that in the new Orleans series, you know, and if we play golden state or Memphis, guess what? We have to stop them, and that's where the game is going to be won. We need to stop them at all costs without fouling, and we need to get that rebound. And then we need to not turn it over. Top three right there. But, you know, it's coach. Water is wet. How many times have I said that about every goddamn game? (laughs) Yeah, Randy, go. Question. I was just thinking about I've been thinking about this since probably, like, game, like, two. But – 
Do you think that Aaron Holiday would be good on Luca? Like, just hold up, stay with me. Like, I feel like yes. smaller yes. people on bigger yes. guards like cause more of a like ruckus, and I feel like Jose Alvarado. Yeah, I feel like especially if Drew Holiday, if if he can imitate twenty five percent of what his brother can do, like I feel like yo, like he could probably it's, make a couple I good mean, plays. It's not one thing you wouldn't put him on there for like a whole game, right? You oh, want, you no. want to do it in spurts, no. like maybe two or three like possessions in the stretch. second quarter, three or four in the third quarter. You, you know, you, you go from there. But yeah, man, that's what we we also said that I want to see Mikhail on him. I want to see Cam. I want to see Booker. I want to see Da. I want to see everybody at Luca. Everybody and wear his ass out. Go back to what you did in game two. You know, let him be tired as hell carrying the whole team, and then you attack him in the second half. I. I I just couldn't believe that we escaped that game plan. This should have been a 4-0 sweep. But you know what? Maybe Monty did this on purpose because he wanted to tone everybody else down going into the fourth quarter or or, or going in, excuse me, going into the Western Conference Finals and the finals. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was part of it. Remember when we won, what was it, like 10 games in a row or something or nine games, eight games in a row in the playoffs last year or something, and everybody uh-huh. was riding high in Phoenix, and then things got tricky, didn't know if we could recover. Ultimately, we didn't. Right, so may- maybe it was by design. I don't know. Uh, it's the outside so- noise. Sonia was trying to look that up for you, JJ. She's, she said it's just 0 14 with Scott Foster. I mean, look that that that's okay. that's gonna snap at some point. That streak will not be there. But again, do whatever you have to do to not get a game seven. Start the game off strong. Win the game on defense without fouling. Get those rebounds and don't turn it over. And then we will win. Look at halftime stats, y'all. Look at the assists. The assists have been the telling sign of who is the better team in each game. Look at games one and two versus three and four and then five, right? It was like 20, 23 to eight or something like that in assists last game. You get eight assists as a team in the NBA, you're not winning that game. That's like almost impossible. Win it on defense despite the refs. Keep a level head. Keep those rotations with a purpose, those premeditated rotations that I always talk about. Keep that going, man. Um, real quick, y'all, the, the Diamondbacks won another series. Ooh. I mean, this whole time we've done this podcast, I have done nothing but rag on the Arizona Diamondbacks over and over and over. Now, Mark Melanson had a very terrible outing today. Uh, he was he was putrid. Uh, it was 3-3 in the top of the ninth, and then dude comes in and we lose 11-3, 12-3. Like, that dude is awful. But they're, seven, yeah. they're 17 and 15, which, which, isn't, which isn't great. Don't get me wrong. But it's far beyond what i thought we'd be i thought we'd be like seven and 21 at this point or something so the batting isn't there but that that triple headed monster those killers on the mound zach allen merrill kelly and uh oh dude that oh dude that just pitched today drawing a blank um those guys are just absolutely killing it it's awesome oh mad bum excuse me those guys are potentially the best trio the arizona diamondbacks have ever had for starting pitching and we need, we need to pounce on that. So keep that going. NFL schedule is coming out tomorrow. NFL schedule is coming out. That means whenever this ride is over with the Suns, me and JJ and, and Amit get to come in here. Not you, Randy. We get to talk <laughs> about the Arizona Cardinals and uh, give a little schedule prediction coming up. So that'll be fun to talk about. What, what else we got going on in sports? Is there any any big golf tournaments or anything else coming up? You guys know of anything else? Mm, not really. The I USFL. Know. 
Oh man, I watched a game in my hotel room. It was it, it was nice bad. to have a it was nice to have a football game on when I was like ironing stuff and like kind of researching my meetings that I had the next day a little bit. But nah. come on, man, it's kind of a weird uh, mantra that they have going on where they play like all their games in one city and then they move to the next city and play all eight games there instead of having home games and everything it's kind of a a weird model what they're doing but but i think that's kind of cool yeah nothing else going on i think we're gonna have the the nba draft lottery is going to be coming up soon to see who gets the number one pick that's going to be a big talk for a while although there's kind of not a clear number one consensus type of player out there but i'm curious to see whoever does get it what they want to do with it uh and then not really much else with the NFL. Kind of the NFL's offseason is kind of over. We're just waiting right now. We got baseball going on. There's no Olympics or anything this year. Yeah. There's no world championship basketball or nothing. Uh, there was no world baseball classic this year. I hope that comes back. So we got kind of a slow summer coming up right now. So let's just hope that this Phoenix Suns ride just can last a couple weeks longer. You know what I'm saying? Um, We're almost there. JJ, what, what else you got for us, man? Um, so, I don't want to see Chet Holmgren be the number one pick. Get out of here, Roy. <laughs> probably, uh, probably but so I looked up uh, that Scott Foster, Chris Paul thing, uh, 0 and 14 in the playoffs and stuff. And I looked to see, uh, uh, like how many games uh, of those were closeout games. So, the game seven when uh, Chris Paul uh, was on the Thunder, uh, against the Rockets, Scott Foster officiated that game. It came down to the last two minutes bad officiating uh then uh then the only other closeout game was in the finals last year in game six and you know uh, uh the bucks had uh you know the the win advantage uh, uh they're already up uh, a game so i guess that's sort of a closeout game but besides that uh it's really uh two of 12 uh two of 12 uh like scott foster playoff uh, closeout games really two of those were uh i guess closeout games so i i just looked that up right now uh but um besides that yeah sports is pretty slow right now but i'm keeping up with cardinals information uh yep, yep. you know it, i mean uh, a lot of people uh analysts have been kind of bagging on hollywood brown uh i mean we can have another podcast about this um we I need to talk about d hop man yeah oh man uh, that's tragic uh, but Bro. yeah, uh, besides that, you know, they're still adding stuff to the defense. Uh, they're still uh, having uh, undrafted guys uh, come through the facility for practicing and stuff. At least they're still looking for, yep. you know, uh, players yep. uh, where, where we actually need them at. Yeah. Akeem depth, Hicks so. is still out there, man. I, that was one of my Akeem targets at the beginning there. of free agency. The beginning. Go get Akeem Hicks and just shore up that D line, man. And uh, shout out the Diamondbacks, man. Uh, I, I threw this on, it's been a minute. But no, they definitely deserve it. They're above 500 in the first time since what, uh, 2013? I think was the last time. Uh, I mean, I'm not uh, a big baseball. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was a couple of years ago, but I, I haven't watched baseball in like three seasons just because we sucked and the pandemic and everything. So yeah, it's right, yeah. it's it's been a while. But I, I think for more extenuating circumstances as opposed to them being bad, which they have been bad. But we are have we do have a series with the Cubs coming up. Anytime you play the Chicago Cubs, it's always a little extra exciting, if you will. Uh, we got a three-game 
uh, set up going on with them on Friday. They're actually going to be on Apple TV. That's going to be like a first thing with them. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, they play them as well, too. So we're going to have uh, Davies tomorrow and then Zach Gallen is going to be on Saturday. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to some uh, some Arizona Diamondback baseball. And Not to bring down the mood, but I'm scared of Milwaukee. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's fair. Like that's the fair. Way that they, the way that they closed that game out tonight, I was like, was literally triggering. It was like, I know, yo. I know. That's that's one hundred percent fair. But that's why that's why you got a rebound. It was the same what, way. Like we, Giannis missed that free throw, got the rebound back. Oh man, that was crazy. I was. They got like, another man. offensive rebound where a they lot. tipped it out to Drew Holiday for a three to tie the game at one hundred five. I mean, you know, as much as I've been dogged on on Twitter for talking about rebounding with the Suns, that game should fucking prove why i'm right all the way around that's why you rebound that's why rebounding is in my opinion the most important goddamn stat outside of the actual score yeah like boston choked that uh like 100 percent. yeah 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 like like they let Giannis shoot that three. They let Drew shoot that three, and then they want Mark uh, Marcus Smart to push the ball up the court. Him dribbling face down. Jason Tan was running along the sideline, wide butt open, naked ass, wide open, a, a butt naked, running yeah. down the side, waving at Marcus Smart. And when Marcus Smart uh, finally looks up, Drew Holiday's there to steal it. One of the best perimeter. Uh, uh, defenders in the league and it's been like that for a while and marcus smart looks for the flop and and shit and uh, yep. i mean that's that's the thing with, with uh, marcus smart you know he's a great defender but at the same time dude he can be a liability on offense sometimes so they definitely should have had a different um a point guard taking it up I, it could have been pritchard it could it could have even been jalen brown if they wanted to uh just a uh, uh, push that pace but uh yeah, uh Boston totally choked that. Um Boston honestly should have won this series by now. If uh, it comes down to, you know, yeah, Giannis's dominance, weird officiating, but like Boston all around, they should have taken advantage of this Chris Middleton injury. Hey, like <laughs> shout out to Sonia, by the way. Shout out to Sonia. Oh no! At, you're at, good, at work, looking looking all this up. Sonia is is a grade A boss. You're good. I'm not doing anything. I'm just doing a podcast. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Boston absolutely fumbled the bag on that. They should have won the series. I think the series is kind of over now. Like it might go seven, but like if it does go seven, I think uh, the Bucks close it That's out. Tough. I had Boston winning the series because of the Chris Milton injury, and if Boston would have just closed out two games. Like they should have, like uh, uh, this game and last uh, last game or the yeah. game before the series would have been over. So yeah. I don't, and- I don't get, on, I don't get on those trains anymore. Like I, I think I'm over that. Like that whole like the series is over. Like I get it, I get it. Like they're up three two. Like I get the context of that one, but I feel like it's just thrown we, around we've so seen, much. We've seen too many crazy like, things. Like every year yeah. after game like one is crazy. Seen, saying that. Yeah. yeah, every year people forget like how the playoffs go. So it's just like. These things happen. Game seven happened. Jordan played in game seven. It's like the Suns have played in game seven. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not over yet. 
So I don't know. Yep. Me personally, I'm just I'm not on that anymore. But saying it, it after saying it after a game one is wild. <laughs> like yeah. I'm saying it uh, like going into game six. Like if yeah. like if this happens, it, it's over. So like I thought <laughs> I thought the Warriors were going to close it out tonight. They got fucking spanked. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a little more interesting now. If like, this buys us another you know two days if we close it out tomorrow like uh, going into the western conference finals so um i mean uh good for us but uh, at the end of the day job's not finished we need to close out uh tomorrow let's push forward at minimum we should have made it to the western conference finals so if we win uh tomorrow you know we hit our minimum milestone uh, uh going into this season and our uh, we're looking forward to you know the championship and that's all i'm thinking about right now so. and, and and listen I, I i talked a lot of shit on the mavericks and mostly because luka Doncic is my most hated player he, yeah. he's just by far and i i went on uh podcasts and fanning the flames and i went off on luka for a while i've done it here i did it on twitter look let's I'm not going to say shit on Twitter if we win. Why is that? Because what Jay just said, job is not finished. This job is not finished. So if we come out victorious tomorrow, we need to have collectively a jobs not finished mentality. And I think, you know, the power of mind, body, spirit, all that stuff, uh, positivity going forward that will benefit us going forward in the long run. Everybody hates us now. We're, we're the team with the target on our back. Everybody hates us. So relish it no. while we're here, but 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 don't don't get too caught up in the pettiness because we're just the flavor of the month, y'all. We're just the flavor, no. you know what I mean? If, if we win, I, I bookmarked a bunch of tweets. I am going to spam those people with me. So um, <laughs> you, can, you, you can speak for yourself, Evan, but I'm a petty guy. I'm going to do it. They talked a lot of shit. They want to I'm a, a dome. I've Luka decided I'm going to wait till Luka. after the finals when we win. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's you can what do I'm that. Do I'm just doing it now. I just want it done and over with. But especially if we want a ring, I bookmarked a lot I'll, of stuff. I'll, okay, so. how about this? I'll make I'll make a caveat. I'll make a I'll make a little yeah. rule. If it has to do with Luca personally, like just Luca, totally fine. That is okay, cool. Okay, cool. That's all my needs right now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh man. Tomorrow, uh seven thirty my time, I think six thirty Valley time, man. The valley's gonna be going crazy tomorrow. I kinda wish I was back in Dallas for that. By the way, that is the most beautiful arena I've been in in, in professional mm. basketball. Really? For what it's worth. For what it's worth. That that is the best one that I've been in. I've been Your to daddy. Staples, I've been to the Phoenix one, I've been to the Little Caesars and, and the old Palace of Auburn Hills where the Pistons played. Went oh, to the nice. one in Atlanta and the jazz one, obviously I've been. And then here now the jazz crowd, jazz crowd is the loudest crowd I've ever been to of any sporting event ever. But this was probably the nicest arena. It, it, it was big. It was spacious. It also felt like there wasn't a bad seat in the house. I actually did meet quite a few cool Dallas fans. One of them bought me a shot before the game. They were taking shots of vodka, which is questionable, but I wasn't going to turn around and be a douche. Uh, so had drinks with some people and, and we were talking, the person around me didn't talk to me, but I did sit next to a Suns fan and that was cool. So we were talking the whole game. Um, but it was, it, it was, it's a legit, pretty cool atmosphere and whatnot. I also have shot thoughts on Sean Marion being a bitch as well too. Um, but I, I'm, we're going to come back. We're going to pump the brakes on that and we'll come back to that. We got to get out of here right now. We will be back on Sunday. 
8.30 Valley time as per usual. So please join us. Everybody, thank you again for listening in. Please like this and share this out as well. And hit up our audio listeners. Thank you guys for for listening. And we appreciate you listening, tuning into Apple Podcasts, Google Playlists, Anchor, Spotify, wherever you choose, and subscribing as well too. Game six tomorrow, fellas. Like, Just go, Suns. Just win. Go, Suns. Close it out, man. Avoid game seven. Right. He's on Fire Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. We're back. Luca Ho. They tried to put nicks in my armor, but I've been mellow since college. Made this vixen a 